0: and welcome to plus one to gaming. I'm Chris
1: and I am Mark.
0: And we have a special guest joining us today. Welcome George Loki Williams to the podcast.
1: Glad to be glad
0: to be on board today, guys. And you prefer to go by Loki, is that right?
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's an old nickname I got in my music industry days and I never could shake it so I adopted it. I think it's a pretty pretty cool nickname. Of all the nicknames you could get, mine was stick, so uh
0: Loki's probably a pretty good one. Yeah, three-quarters of it was for being a smart ass. so. As Lokis are wont to be. Um, but you're actually, so you're the first guest we've ever had on the show, and that's quite exciting for us. But what's also exciting is you have an extensive and deep background as a game designer, award-winning game designer and writer. Um, and then you also have a very long history with Spelljammer, which is our topic for today. Very timely because the uh, new expansions come out. But before we get into uh, our topic of just, like, Spelljammer for Dummies, can you give our listeners a quick summary, just who you are and what you do?
2: Uh, I'm an eighth-generation French Creole from New Orleans. Uh, I have, uh, for the past 10 years as of last month, uh, I've been publishing Starfinder, Pathfinder 1, Dungeon Crawl, Classics, and Cypher System Compatible Products. Um, I've got uh two silver any awards under my belt for help running the uh, official planescape website plane walker, which I did for about 15 years. And uh, I was very active in the, the old days of the spelljammer mailing list in the 90s when the uh the product line stopped. And uh, I have a, a good bit of my pre professional design stuff is actually up on spelljammer.org. Which you may get blocked on because the guy who hosts it hasn't got it up to HTTPS security standards, but it's still all there. That's, that's a really old well, internet yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. uh, So, yeah, I, uh, and as far as the system goes, I, w- I was working in a bookstore called Claytor's Bookland when I was in college at LSU when it arrived in the box and it's like okay well this is supposed to go out with all the new game stuff tomorrow it's like no it's not this looks too cool i'm taking it home They'll, uh, you know charge me now because i i saw the ships and the ships just crapped right off the bat shut up and take my money exactly or or those poor college student days deducted from my paycheck <laughs> awesome well thank you for
0: sharing some of your background and it's really cool just to just have somebody with. Um, some of that original knowledge of Spelljammer. because so I think that gives us a cool perspective to, to explore today.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: all the original products sitting on that shelf right there. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. The, 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 the box on the original set died, but all of it is there. We uh,
0: Hopefully we can, maybe we can get some photos from you of that original stuff later on. That would oh, be yeah. really cool to share. Um, but I'm curious, like, uh, how did you sort of get, get into writing
2: Oh, that looks looks pretty well preserved for a... I was using this at my table running games in 93. I take care of my books. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the guy with, like, paper bags wrapped around
0: his books, like, in high school.
2: Hey, man, whatever works.
0: Whatever works. You gotta keep them. You gotta keep them clean. Oh, speaking of books, I, I forgot. Uh, I have a little uh, special gift for our dear listeners. So I, I did go to the uh, our local game store over this weekend on Friday, and uh, I picked up some my my version of Spelljammer. But they also yes. had a second. Look at that reflection. Uh, they also had a second version or another copy of the uh, the alt cover set. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a this is a gift for you,
2: dear listeners. I I can I can highly recommend it. As you can see, it's sitting on the shelf right here. Yeah. Well, so if you want to uh, get your hot little
0: hands on this on this book set, all you have to do is head over to plus one to gamingcom Subscribe to our newsletter email list and make sure you click that uh, validation email that comes through. Uh, Once you're on our email address, we'll our email list at the end of the month. We will pick one email at random to receive this set and we'll send it out to you. So hop on there and sign up to get your set of the alt cover for Space Jammer
1: Spelljammer. Man, I'm going to the website right now to sign up. Am I eligible to win? I was going to buy copies for you guys, but they had two, so that's all I could. That's all I could swing. Um,
0: but yeah, I just wanted to uh, offer that to our to our listeners. Thank you for jumping on our show and tuning in and following us. Um, just wanted to do something nice for y'all. That's amazing. Cool. so uh, yeah let's get into uh, let's get into spelljammer. what
2: the, what is spelljammer for the uninitiated? Uh, okay, simple short form uh, you know what, what what in marketing we call the elevator pitch. yeah Spelljammer is DD in space um, but it's not DD in space like Starfinder. Starfinder, the space element is Buck Rogers Star Trek battle star Galactica level stuff. Whereas the space stuff in spelljammer, is pirates on the high seas of the Caribbean, but the ships are sailing through space. The one-eyed sky sharks are something to fear if you fall off the ship because they travel in the wake behind it. Think flintlocks, slightly better than flintlock pistols or common swashbuckling style, deep space, full-on fantasy space. The uh, the the original crystal spheres and the way they were set up, That that's... That goes back to Ptolemy, you know, one of the uh, the Egyptians who uh, was trying to define the way the solar system was built. So it, it's actually rooted in in old guard stuff like that. Um, the modern system does away with the Ptolemaic layout, but but that's the big difference. Think of it, think of it more like treasure planets ah. with magic replacing the scientific elements, and you're there. Now, of course, everybody's table is going to vary a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. I know one guy who runs is basically like Star Trek, you know, but that's that's the simple difference. You know, there's science fantasy over here with Starfinder, but there's it's full on fantasy with Spelljammer. It's just fantasy uh, taken to the next level out into space. So it is very
0: much like fantasy in space, not sci-fi like going into Star
1: Wars territory.
2: Yeah, very much fairy. I mean, I mean, Star Star Wars is a fuzzy line because Star Wars isn't really science fiction. Star Wars is a fairy tale with science fiction trappings. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's kind of a border case. But yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good distinction because there are a lot of more like um softer, more religious and more like uh, like magical, whimsical aspects of Star Wars.
1: Very cool. -hmm. You actually kind of covered that. I was wondering, because I feel like a lot of people's um, entry point might be from a Star Wars perspective, since that's just, you know, obviously such a big property and always has been. Um, So, yeah, that was was kind of one of my questions was how much, you know, why why would you want to get into Spelljammer over, say, trying um, any of the other sci-fi you know systems out there, and it sounds pretty unique. More unique than I expected.
2: It, it, it's it's got a couple of cool things going for it. One up, for, one off. It's it's full on fantasy in space. Number two, it is one of only two full on canon connections that we have that link all of the various campaign worlds going back into the TSR days.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: somebody so was asking it's like okay you, you know you get this little sliver of information about you know what if I'm basing this in the realms you know you've got about two pages saying oh these are the planets but if you go hop on uh, I forget what it's D&D Beyond Drive Through RPG or whatever and look at all the old second edition PDFs that are up you want to do stuff in the realms? Drop 10 bucks and get the PDF for Realm Space, the original product, which is like 70 pages, a full system map. It had like two poster maps in it. Of all the details, the planets, the NPCs, the only things that not going to use is the stats. And I don't know of a DM out there personally, unless they're running for society games, that doesn't tinker under the hood with whatever they're doing. So fiddling with stats shouldn't be that big a deal. Especially... Yeah, especially yeah. now because d and d d d five is so rules light compared to a d and d. Well, and because like
0: we we played a game uh, recently where we just reskinned it in Star Wars. It was just straight up five e changed the nouns, and I think for that game it worked perfectly. There was no real, I, I, for at least at least for me, I didn't really see any like, how are we going to figure this out in like a Star Wars you know setting. It just knocked over, but we didn't have some of the other stuff like ship, space mechanics, mm-hmm. like a lot of the stuff. We just didn't need it for that game. But it is interesting to have, you know, different ways you can kind of get into space with these rule sets. Like, do you use Spelljammer or can you mm-hmm. stay with just 5e and change some nouns around?
1: Yeah. And I, th- I thought it was actually surprisingly easy to swap into that Star Wars reskin, um, staying terrestrial. Mm-hmm. If we had. Hit- if we had gone into i did look at you know how ships and things work mm-hmm. um, what when i was looking at that campaign and i was like in no way shape or form are these guys getting on any sort like that's why every ship you found <laughs> was broken beyond repair <laughs> and- or was <laughs> autopiloted <laughs> and the the few things i've read um i feel like the excitement up to this new Spelljammer release has been "give me spaceships!" Like that, is the, and it sounds like Loki. Your original draw to the original way back was "I want a ship," which is where I'm at. Um, so like, but how? I don't understand how that could possibly work with a party. I need my own ship, or do I have to? Am I crewing it with you guys? Because that sounds almost like real hard. Well, it all it all
2: depends on how you want to approach it. You know, uh, doing the Star Wars thing is great. But uh, the only right way to play is what works with your group at your table. Doesn't yeah. matter what edition. Doesn't matter what rule set. Any of the rest of that. What Love works? That. What works with your people? Uh, as far as uh, I'm sorry, what was your uh, other question? I'm still waiting for the ADD meds to kick in. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kind of um, wondering how um,
1: how working on a ship kind of changes that maybe that party dynamic
2: I'm used to in a well, normal game. It 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 all it all depends on how you do it, you know, and and uh, different DMs have different approaches, you know, and I've taken different approaches with different groups over the years. You know, I uh, had one of them come on as low level sailors, you know, and then by the time they hit 10th level or so, somebody off the captain, they take over, et cetera. Been there. No uh, I've had I had one group win a small ship in a card game. And that's how they ended up going into state. I had uh, I had one group where 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 the most obnoxious party mem- party member the rationale for why they put up with him was it was daddy ship. You know <laughs> and, and and things like that you know so you 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 work you work it in with your individual party and and how you want to do it but most of the time it's just like here you have a ship that you are on or that you have access to or that you're working and paying off in a couple of instances um, all, all of which open different varieties of campaigns. You know, I mean, people, people ask me, you know, what are some great ideas for, you know, running an adventure? And it's like, okay, well, if you if you're doing stuff with existing material, uh, a great example, I don't know if they're going to convert it to 5e, but they're doing the other APs would be the Skull and Shackles, Pirate Adventure path that Paizo did for Pathfinder one. It's it's pirate adventure from first level to like 17th or so. Turn the islands into asteroids, reskin a bunch of creatures, take a couple of things and tweak them to take into account gravity planes and air envelopes, and you're done. That's the lazy man's way. Boom, you've got it. You can here we go. You've got an entire campaign pretty much laid out. Think of it in terms of the swashbuckling aspect. And then lay that that layer of space weird on top of it. It's like, yeah, you know, you're on a ship. You're riding along, you know, through through the, the silvery space these days. Because now it's in the astral. And you see the other ship pull up. And the skull and crossbones raises. And as you raise your eyeglass, you see in the classic pirate's coat with the eye patch over one eye, the mind flayer with the cutlass in hand. The, the small octopus sitting on his shoulder where the parrot would be <laughs> as the, the captain comes in for the kill because they're taking your stuff and they're going to have you for dinner, you know? It's all, a matter, it's all a matter of framing.
0: You said a lot there that I want to jam in, or yeah, just jam into because we're talking about the bell jammer. Right. Um, so the, I think the main draw is you, you need to get a ship, you need to get into space, And then once you're in the space, all of these weird stuff, all this weird stuff starts to happen. You have gravity. You have these uh, gravitational planes where your ship is, and you also have these air envelopes. So we're kind of getting into a little bit like space mechanics. How how does how does fantasy space work? How's it all interconnected?
2: Okay, now now I'm going to I'm going to address both the old way and the new way at the same time. Uh, In space, uh, unless something's you know. Unless something's a sizable sphere, like a moon, instead of regular gravity, it has a gravity plane. Everything above the plane is pulled down to it. Everything below it is pulled up to it. Now, in, in the old days, that used to go through the middle of the ships, which made things very entertaining because as you go from one deck to the other, you've got to flip your gravity. In the <laughs> um, I approve of the design decision that you'll notice they're now moved down to the bottom of the ship. So. Yeah. It it has less less Monty Python potential, let's just put yeah. it. Can we can we before we move on from like the gravitational plane, can you talk yeah.
0: about the weird like oscillation thing that can happen if you or outside of the ship and you cross the gravitational oh, plane. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love that. Uh, so if if you're if you're on the ship and you say throw somebody off or you make them walk the plank, um, I don't remember whether it's in the new rules or not, but but it was mentioned outright in the old rules and has always been there. You make somebody walk the plank, they jump off, they hit the gravity plane. There's nothing to stop them, so they bounce through and the gravity reverses, and so they ping pong up and down. In a decreasing oscillation, as they slowly drift out, and it's usually the length of the ship is the, again, is the width of the plane, and they drift all the way out until they hit the edge. When they hit the edge of the gravity plane, they hit the edge of the air envelope. And so once you're out there, the the air rules in, in 5E are actually a little bit harsher than the ones in AD&D were, and you basically have you know, X number of rounds uh, where the personal air you've retained is good and then drowning rules basically go into effect.
1: Oh, wow. So yeah, you're yeah. basically just watching. Uh, you get the extra entertainment if you throw
2: someone overboard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 no, we had a cat folk monk who used to tie a rope to her waist and just go bouncing through it because she loved bouncing through the gravity plane.
0: <laughs> I guess the <laughs> Wizard uh, claw doing something similar to that.
2: Yeah, you know. No. I, mean, uh, I mean, we had a we we had a uh, we had a gift gladiator who, uh, for a while, for a while, took up the habit of uh, basically deploying the equivalent of water skis. So he hung out like halfway back in the air envelope and just ski behind the ship. Yeah. take pot shots at the occasional scaver, You know,
1: that's funny.
0: All right, so um, that's sort of like the mechanics around the ship. How that works now? Can you talk a little bit more about like space when you're out there in wild space and the astral plane
2: and astral sea? Like, how does how does all this stuff work? Okay, well, like I said, the original idea was a Ptolemaic layout. Yeah, so basically, every star system's inside a crystal sphere, and what the stars are on the inside is going to vary. And some of them it's giant fires, and some it's giant gems, etc., etc. And then you have the the phlogiston, something termed more in the 18th century as the ether, which rise between the spheres you know and so you, you'd go out into that and travel and uh get around well the phlogiston and the spheres have been replaced with the fact that now you get out to the edge of the system and you just sort of naturally transition into the astral mm-hmm. there are a lot of there are a lot of similarities um the uh, uh, being heavily involved with the planescape and and spell jammer you know i'm hearing a little bit of howling on on both sides about about blending the two, but. Um, I've been blending the two since the very beginning. if you look at the official plane of products back in the day, the map of the multiverse they shows displays phlogiston and crystal spheres for the prime material plane. So that's all one piece, no matter how much people try and pry it apart. That's why I'm heavily involved with both. Hmm. Um, it's, it's an interesting transition, and I can see why they, uh, I can see why they did something. Uh, in the Astral, you've got the Um everybody knows and loves, you know, especially those who like centering mind players in a lot of our plots. Um, in, Spelljammer, in Spelljammer, they had a third part of the split. You had the split between the Yankee and the Gizirai, and then you had the ones that went to the Prime and became known as the Pirates of Gith. Now, rather than reboot that, wanting to focus on the astral books that have come out, I can see that one reason to do that is to keep that gif element in there, but add in and build on the stuff that people are already working. So that, that, That's a sensible design decision, that I can see. Um, the flow was a, uh, was, was a weird place back in the day. Um, anything fire-based was basically maxed out, doubled in radius, and centered on the caster, or the source of the flame. Yeah, no. so you'd see first timers go out and cast fireball and suddenly they're floating in the flow of above what? the burning things that used to be their any ship.
1: More problems with fireball,
2: honestly. It gets problematic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that, that, that that's why that's why I loved adapting 3rd edition and Pathfinder at my home table into spelljammer. It's like, okay, well, here it makes sense. Everybody knows this. So, most of the wizards that are out there pick up the energy ad mixture feet and are throwing cold balls and sonic balls and stuff like that. and that fireballs.
0: That's an interesting little nuance maybe we can cover this when we're talking about running spelljammer, just like those yeah, yeah, technical yeah. things of like, how do you let your players know the the sea they're sailing in is is explosive without, you know ruining their game or.
2: <laughs> if they're on a ship and they have anybody from the crew or they've picked it up out in space anywhere, it is a known common knowledge thing. Every ship every ship stops just inside the sphere so everybody can have that one last smoke because <laughs> you're about to spend about three or four weeks without that or hot food. So let's go. Uh, the uh, I, I think the astral is a, a lot kinder setting to adventurers because of the... Uh, because of the the lack of need for things like sustenance, sleep, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so let's let's dwell there for a
0: second. If you're on the astral sea, the characters do not age. They don't feel hunger or thirst or anything like that. They just can sort of exist hmm. indefinitely. Is that is that the gist of it?
2: That, that's the that's the gist of it. Fair. The uh, that 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 actually is is something that goes goes way back into the old days as, as well. Uh, and what's the
0: mechanical reason for that? Like, why why does that happen?
2: Oh Well, originally, when uh, when all that was laid out, which was the uh, ADD manual of the planes, as I recall, um, the presentation of the astral was a realm of pure thought. So physical needs were not required. And in the original rule sets, uh, you would substitute your uh, your intelligence. I think it was your intelligence for your strength, and your wisdom for your constitution while you were on the astral. So parties in the old days used to go there and suddenly the coin is flipped between your fighters and your casters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, this, these are also the days when instead of just the, the simple planar traits that we've got, um, there were extensive, okay, you go here. This is how it messes with your magic. And this is what's in people. All, it, it was a lot more complicated, a lot more flavorful. But a lot more complicated rules.
0: Well can you tell us about like space travel and, and traveling between realms? because there's like there's realm space there's crin space yeah. there's darks. there's all these different types of spaces and then you know worlds and realms within those how mm-hmm. how are players and dms sort of like navigating all of these uncharted worlds and exploring you know through space?
2: Well they have uh they have a design decision I am not fond of they have grown in my opinion overly simplified that because in the presentation and the new rules because all you need to do because you're in the astral and is the realm of thought you just think about it and you eventually get there you just get like a beacon in your mind or something yeah yeah which which removes a lot of the the more exploratory <laughs> elements yeah. and such which which i am very fond of you know i'm into deep, deep ancient some pre-human civilizations and stuff like that yeah
0: um, like carcasses of dead floating gods out there. Yeah. Like, there's a really yeah. cool stuff to explore. Yeah, like, yeah. and, and
2: that's, that's that's another reason I think they did the astral because with the astral you've got all the god corpses and such, you know, which again stuff going back to second edition. Um, and so it would make it a little more flavorful. the The flow, other than its explosive elements, you really didn't encounter much there, other than other ships. Um, you know, so I I, I can see that. Uh, there, there, there were a, a few nasties here and there, but especially with a modern sensibility, uh, it really does fit well. And Wizards has already made that sort of thing canon, because uh, in the third edition days, when they still had all of their, uh, when they saw all of their uh, blog post supplements and other such, I think it was Mark Gendra did a series on an area of the astral that is is canon in my campaigns, uh, a place called Crosswinds Keep. And Crosswind's Keep was a bunch of retired adventurers from the realms who retired there because the elf and the human fighter fell in love, and she didn't want him to have the lifespan of a puppy from her <laughs> perspective. So they retired. Oh they retired, and they took four spelljammer hammer ships with them to the astral, and staked out a safe haven for people, ways away from one of the Yankee cities. So that's where Spelljammer and the Astral really comes from. It has its roots and stuff they were doing on the web back in uh, I, I don't know what was like three third edition right before three five, whenever that was. Oh wow, that that's really interesting. You can still dig around internet Internet Archive. You can still you can still find them. It's, it's I love the Internet stuff. Archive. It's yeah yeah yeah. Look up Crosswind's key. And actually, this podcast is powered
0: by Internet Archive, just like a quick shout out That's where we have some our episodes. It's
2: free. In the the old planescape, in the the Astral book, one of the the bigger categories of encounters that you'll run into are, you know, like, prime and planar archmages who aren't done with their research yet. And just like, uh, uh, look, it's only been ten thousand years. I'm hitting the snooze alarm. My snooze alarm is a forty dice fireball. Fuck off, get out. Go live in space and not be dead in skeleton Skeletoid. You cannot let liches come up without me talking about one of the uh, one of the only named liches in the original Spelljammer, which is a concept I love
1: Ooh, because he's not even.
2: Uh there, there is in uh, the Skull and Shackles supplement, which is a collection of short adventures. Uh, there is a lich named Tarigamar, who basically is a wizard who did not want to be bothered, so he put an artifurnace, which basically is an engine for a spell jammer, instead of having a whole heated it magic item. He set up an artifurnace so he wouldn't be bugged, and he took him and his homunculus and his familiar and his library and just took off into the deep middle of nowhere on the edge of the star system so as not to be bothered with. And when you find him, he is not evil. He is a merely a lich because he kind of forgot to die he was so focused
0: he's so busy
2: he forgot to die and if you play it right if you play it right right, he can even become a a resource for the party you know but you know it it lends itself to really fun stuff like that i like when there's when you see like what would traditionally be a horrible
0: enemy be just like a fun resource to the party
2: playing
1: against type that's the beauty of role play, you know, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. getting to take things and flip them on their head and, and improv and riff, that's what makes you know oh, yeah. D&D and other role play so much fun.
2: Oh yeah, the, yeah. the in, in the in the old books they all had like these in character quotes at the bottom of every page. And and you remind me of my two favorites. The uh the, the first one was just yeah! <laughs> Gungnir near troll blood on his first journey into wild space. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the next one was I love the way realm space looks in the mornings. Nothing finer than a voyage between the stars. Gungnir, troll blood on his forty-third voyage into wild space. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can't imagine it w- it's going to be an easy transition for people who like
2: players who don't have even a basic understanding of like anything outside their their world. I I think it should be played up. You know, it's like in the old days. Okay, you know, we're sick of fighting stuff here. We're going to take the battle to hell. Yeah. Sort of sort of thing. It's like, wait, really, really? Wait, we've we've got to go to the. Yeah. You know, and 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 play play hard into that. I mean, and if you if if you really want to be if you really want to be a bastard about it, you had a group that's good about it. Um, I ran a great campaign and the uh the way it started, I had everybody, it's like, okay, here are Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, Greyhawk. I think I had like three other settings I had in there. Go ahead and generate your character from wherever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. And build it up to this level, and everybody wakes up naked in the galley of a neogi slave ship in deep space, and we go from there.
1: Interesting, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: It, it was, it was, it was great. The, the, the takeover of the ship and the mutiny, and you know, t- taking that. And uh, they, by the time they got to 19th level, they built a fleet of 11 ships. Starting that sounds. Down. Awesome. It, was, it was just. It was just the you know, and, the, and they were like hunting slavers and seven yeah. different systems.
1: Yeah. I, so, I was so proud of. Them. I would. <laughs> I would be real into like an Amadeus inspired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cathartic and like just like a good time.
2: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It sounds like it was almost like a. It sounds like when Spelljammer came out, it was purposefully to turn things on its head, like almost even Mm -hmm. in a cheeky sense, literally. They were like, let's split gravity in the middle of the ship to turn characters on
2: their literal heads. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's funny because a a lot of the stuff, you know, like the, uh, the crystal spheres and such, they were mining, you know, old like, 9th century BC to, you know, 1400 AD perceptions of the universe. Yeah. yeah. What if this is how it worked? It's a fantasy setting. Let's let's yeah. go that way. Yeah. And that uh that, that really that really gives you a lot of fun stretching. Yeah. I just yeah, realized that, uh,
1: I have the wrong I have the wrong background today. I should There have, you go. There we go. I should oh, have nice. bishop. Yeah. So when when it came out, did it feel like it was turning the game on its head, did it feel monumental? Was this a was this a shift in the game?
2: It, it well to to me as as a player in a DM, yeah, you know, like I said, that in Planescape, yeah, it's like I don't even have to open this. I know it's getting integrated in my game. Yeah. Um and has, and both have stayed there as the backbeat of all my games since. Um but uh sorry, lost my train of thought again. Um, <laughs> question.
1: No, I was just wondering, wondering how how it changed the game for you. Like, what did it seem monumental at the time? The the big, the
2: big thing about it, really, the two, the two big things were this connects everything except Dark Sun, but this connects everything. Yeah, and that that was huge, you know, because at this point we had. Greyhawk, we had Dragonlance. Mm-hmm. The realms was the new stuff. Mm. Okay. And the ability to go, well, you know, what if what if I want to take my my Ranger from the barrier peaks in Greyhawk and have him visit Waterdeep? Now you can, and you can mm. have one hell of a voyage doing it. Nice.
1: Yeah, you know, so like now it.
2: And, and now since this is after the the end of it, it's it's like I said earlier. Greyhawk, Dragonlance, and Forgotten Realms, there are big, fat published products from 2nd Edition. Realm Space, Grey Space, and Crim Space. You've got everything right there. All you gotta do is, is add oh, a couple okay. of things. So and is that where that? Those,
1: those different layers of space came from them melding every all these different things together? And then that's you're allowed to you know, travel between the different what used to be completely different silos. Now I've exactly. got to walk from one to the other. That's awesome. Yeah. So they needed a way to link these together, and
0: fantasy space was the way to do it.
2: Yeah, and 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 another thing, and and another thing that's that's you know good shock value as a DM if you've got people that are coming in totally cold and are, are used to regular D and D, regular D and D. Mind flares are a big bad ass. Deleted, deleted, deleted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in Spell in Spelljammer they still are. But uh, compared to the power levels of the players and the stuff that's going on, they're they're scaled down a little bit more along the uh, uh maybe a rank or two above klingons and power level and they're yeah. all over the place. Mm. And we're going to see how that evolves in in the new edition because yeah. everybody Everybody's gone nuts over the Nautiloids. I'm convinced it's the Nautiloid ships and the video games and such that are behind a lot of the resurgence here.
0: Yeah. Um, well, can we can we jump into? Um, there's been I've seen reviews of the new Spelljammer uh, expansion. There's also been some early criticism and some early praises. So I thought we could maybe, uh, as we sort of transition out of this episode. Uh, can we address some of those criticisms that you've seen, and also I'd love to hear what you think is you know, great or praiseworthy about the expansion?
2: Um, okay, uh, let's let's take a few things from the top. Now, first of all, um, as far as the physical product goes, um, I know there's some people out there that don't care for the art. That is simply a matter of taste. Um, yeah. I love the art. I, I think it's pretty much fantastic, and it's great to have new official imagery for the first time for this setting in ages. And do you the, mean all like the old art in the book, or just like the alt the the, cover? The, the, okay. the art in the book, the art on the cover, the, the special edition covers, and such, all all wonderful stuff there. The paper quality and thickness is higher than I've seen in any of their other products. No, I thought uh, I was double flipping pages, because they're a little bit thicker. Yeah. yeah. Now, that, that said, um, I would gleefully and immediately trade off that higher-level paper and the higher-level boxed presentation and such in a heartbeat for another 100 pages because mm-hmm. it does fall in, in total, about 65 pages or so for each of the three books. One of those books well. is basically Adventure outline.
0: I'd be curious then, like in those hundred pages, what what would you want to be if you could wave a magic wand? Like, what would be contained in there that would be useful to you?
2: Um. Well, rather than frame it, and what would be useful to me, I'd rather frame it what would be useful to new people coming. Perfect. Um, the uh, if 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 there if there was another hundred pages there i would like to see a few more ships i would like to see some backgrounds i would like to see some subclasses because there mm-hmm. isn't one you have a few new races you know i think it's two new magic items there um, are some
0: background like wild spacer yeah. type backgrounds yeah but...
2: I, I would like to see more yeah, yeah. um the, you know there there the, 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 the are a little bit more character facing mechanics in that would be good um uh, a bit of an expansion on the vehicles is obviously necessary now i can see why they did a lot of what they did you know people complain oh it moves so slow i grew up in the port city of new Orleans. trust me you stand next to the river and watch a barge go by that is about the speed that it is going yeah. okay <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're keeping that normal and one reason i think people mess this up is they're forgetting the huge mechanical difference because in the first edition games, I mean, in the AD&D games that Spelljammer was in, a combat round was one minute long. What? Whereas combat rounds are six seconds long. Mm, yeah. Now. So if you wanted to truly adhere to that, not only would they be slow, their rate of fire and other such would oh, be Lord. dropped drastically. Yeah.
1: Because
2: I mean, every be, it takes- of combat.
0: It takes yeah. like an action to shoot, it takes an action to reload your cannon. And if it's mm-hmm. a big cannon, sometimes it takes three yeah. actions to do some yeah. of this stuff. So if long going longer would make it yeah, exactly.
2: exactly. You know, and, and and I don't blame people for not being aware of the, the little fiddly nuances like that. You know, I mean space combat is, is there there should be there should be a little bit more in the vehicle stuff there. I don't know, I don't understand why they didn't really just work with or expand on what they used in Avernus or what they used in Saltmarsh for vehicle rules. Mm-hmm. Saltmarsh being very on theme. Yeah. Uh, but, but by this by the same token as a professional that's got a, a lot of published work under his belt, uh, from the designer end, you get X amount of word count to do something. <laughs> and if there's only 65 pages in each book that it really is hard sometimes to get things pared down to the point where it really works well. And I think that a lot of the people looking at this are missing one of the elements that I love most, which is that, they're, oh, there's so little here. It's like, yeah, that's constrained by word count. but look at what's in here. Really look at some of the deep cuts and the true love for the second edition setting that's in here. Details that are right when you don't necessarily expect adherence to mm-hmm. a prior version to be right things like the line of ascendancy of the rulers of boral being exactly on the money deep cut nods like in the description of the hadoji they were never given a home world in second edition they're given a home world in the new one it's called yazir which is a deep cut because the hadoji originally appeared as the yazirian race in star frontiers roughly 4 years earlier There are things like this sewn throughout. As a matter of fact, if you go on Twitter and look up the artist, I'm sad to say I can't remember his his name this morning, the artist who did the map of the Rock of Brawl. He has a Twitter thread where he goes through and points out how he included visual nods in the map to all 120-odd locations that were numbered and listed in the original Rock of Brawl supplement product That's so that is a hundred percent on the money and compatible if you grab the rock and brawl city book from second edition in pdf so trans- you can
0: use it pretty much like uh yeah. one yeah. for one stand in-, in
2: exactly you know, all the buildings are placed exactly right and he's got little visual thrills to oh this used to be the mind flayer embassy you know and you look there's like a little thing in the corner you know and it's it's beautiful just the level of super deep detail in there I mean, I I understand people being disappointed in how short it is. I'm very disappointed in how short it is. I guess it's because I I write this stuff that to see how how much just pure love for all of the old stuff is tied up in the few words these guys had to work with. I love it. I, I absolutely
1: love that. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's super interesting to have. And that's why I was so excited to, to hook up with you, Loki, because you're it's the the insider hey,
2: talked to my girlfriend about that now, oh. <laughs> <serious>. <laughs> The um,
1: Love is a spectrum and all
0: all are valid.
1: Oh no offense taken. <laughs> the um um that insider knowledge and knowing things like as a writer, you come into a project and someone else might say, We've only got 65 pages and that is not a function of the writer's desire or knowledge or whether they know mm-hmm. the deep cuts or not mm-hmm, and exactly. it sounds like there were some real dedicated people who saw that as maybe saw that and saw what hindrance it might be and thought well if we ground it in what exists at least the fans can go it's going to give you a much bigger launching point you can go back and use these old oh, yeah. supplements which is nice to be able mm-hmm. to revive that and honestly i feel like wizards isn't always you know necessarily the best at being like this is compatible with stuff we've done in the past yeah would <laughs> like you to buy the new shit as much as possible for sure um so it sounds like they took it they took it on themselves to, to give us some opportunities to expand it ourselves and you know which is pretty cool
2: i i think that i i, I think this is this is Sure, rampant speculation. And Remember, I'm only a writer and a designer. Um, I think I think that it needs to be taken into consideration. Wizards is in a very different position now than TSR was in back in the day because of two things. First of all, after years of me screaming about it, they finally put most of the second edition stuff up as PDFs for people to be able to buy.
1: Yay. They finally
2: quit ignoring that revenue stream and that fan base. So they've got those things that people are going to be looking at. I'm quite sure, and I've already seen at least eight or ten products hit D and D Beyond um, that people are doing. I'm, I'm considering working on some uh, myself as soon as my financial situation gets a little bit more stable. I've got some ideas. I'm talking to one of my publishers now, nice. uh, you know. But that, to a lot of the, uh, to a lot of the uh, the gaming public and and such, uh, that's nice but it's not a substitute for full-on support right yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see i mean and and we'll uh, uh and I, I won't go off under the discussion about it because I, I haven't versed myself in it enough to say but uh everything's gonna end up changing with the the D one stuff or, or whatever yeah. that so yeah. yeah it's really kind of a holding pattern thing that's that's why i'm a, a little bit Apprehensive about Planescape Reboot. If they do it with this kind of love, I'm down. Even if it's short, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. So, but if it's hitting right before an addition change, that doesn't bode well for support. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We haven't been able to wrap our head around that whole deal at all. That's, yeah, that's going to be a big topic. Yeah. Well, That'd we can exciting. pick up all
2: of that in the next episode. I guess.
0: Yes. I do want to explore that some more. Um, before we wrap for this discussion, we've talked about some of the um, maybe like the criticisms, some things that you know could have been done maybe a little bit better. We know some limitations come from just like how much copy is available to fill these mm-hmm. pages. What where where's the praise coming from for, for Spelljammer? What what do you think they've done really right with this re-release?
2: I love the artwork. I cannot express mm-hmm. how overjoyed I am that they got Dyson logos to redo all of the maps and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, I actually have a custom spell jammer ship that he did just for my campaign that he wow. shared. Yeah, he, uh, he he called it the Big Jammer. It's it's called the Void Song in our game, but yeah, nice. it's a uh, an, an evolved, larger version of the Small Jammer ship. Uh, so I, he 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 is such an utter badass with the cartography and has such a perfect feel for the, the old school that I cannot think of anyone that would have been a better choice for that. Um, the illustrations, particularly the stuff that Claudio Posas has done, um, tons of fun. Uh you know, I, I predict a lot of silliness ensuing now that the uh, Plasmoids are no longer a monster race and are now a PC race. Yeah, they seem well. like a
0: very interesting race to play, too. Know, all like, races.
2: I, 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 I rooted in the Dralocytes from Star Frontiers. They're a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, I, I really do like the format if it had more pages. yeah. Because then you know you've got here's my DM here you you're the player you can look through whatever you want over here mm-hmm. you can keep your monster book going right over here yeah you know, while you're flipping through other things I like that I love the uh, I love the layout of the uh, DM screen uh, I uh, I I will always be puzzled as to why they didn't include a maneuverability in the ships but we'll get into that in the next episode. Um I I like the fact that they managed to present the setting so well within such a, a limited page count. And if the setting is going to have a complete review, I really think that going with the astral was a great logical choice. And I also think it was a great choice because you'll have a lot of people that are into planar adventures and stuff that have already been playing the Tasha's book and so on that may get attracted into Spelljammer as a result of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know we've been really excited about this setting. And yeah. with the campaign we're playing, it's very much focused on these different planes and how they're interconnected. So I think you know, Spelljammer is very timely for us because I think it introduces a nice new mechanism for us to mm-hmm. eventually explore these.
2: Oh well, you know, keep, keep, keep in mind the, the, the great way to, to kind of force your players into it if you're doing a plane walking campaign. Mm-hmm. Hey, we need to get somewhere. Well, that's great. There aren't any portals. Oh, yeah. well, we'll just plane shift. Doesn't work getting there. It's a sealed sphere. Yeah. What does that mean? It means you gotta you've got to fail, buddy. You've got to <laughs> sail. I'm
0: sailing anyway.
2: All right.
1: <laughs>
0: Uh, well, uh, do we have any last parting questions for for Loki for this
1: conversation, or how are we feeling? Feeling good. I think he answered all the the stuff that's on this list. Yeah, awesome. the the overarching stuff I feel like makes a lot more sense to me now. Yes. Well, nice. Well, cool, Loki.
0: Yeah. Thank you again so much for coming on and sharing your just massive amounts of wisdom and lore with us and and history. That was really, really great.
2: More more, more than wisdom, trust me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, all interesting people are. Exactly. And I think we're also very, uh, very blessed because you'll be joining us for uh, more than just this episode. We have another conversation on sort of how to run and uh, the more technical aspects of running Spelljammer campaigns and and other great content. So stay tuned for that. That's it for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and head over to plus1togaming.com for more live discussions, actual plays, character creation tips, and more. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.